Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are attacking Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kester Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are joined by Rick and Julia Ingham from Mad Max Minute. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having us. I've been looking forward to this for a while. And that is high praise coming from Julia. (laughs) (laughs) Not always looking forward to your podcasting. I'm not huge on other people's movies, generally speaking. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like my movies. Yeah. So That's... I'm a little I'm a little bit more picky than Rick is about who I guest with. Yeah. When it comes to OPP, That's... Julia is not down with it. And I by that I mean other people's podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. Because sometimes you're like, ah, I'm okay. I mean like I guessed on a lot more stuff than Kester does. Yeah, um, and sometimes you 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 suggest that maybe like I come, and sometimes I'm like, okay, no thanks, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, um, and so we totally get it, but we're glad that we've got you guys because I mean, recently we recorded with you, and so we got to know you that way. But hearing you on other podcasts, um, particularly Lord of the Rings Minute, Norman and Cassandra are. I'm going to say some of our closest friends we've never met. Um, (laughs) And so hearing you guys on there have a great rapport with them. We're like, they would be great for us. We got to get Rick and Julia sometime. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a great time recording with you guys. So we were looking forward to this one. And so here it comes. So, yeah, today we're we're discussing Disney's Little Mermaid and we're discussing minute 68. Eight, which begins with Scuttle saying, I gotta, as he flies into the side of the ship, and ends with Sebastian saying, you. His line finishes tomorrow, so. There are so many, so many in this movie. Like, the line just cuts inconveniently. Yep. Especially, I feel like it cuts Sebastian off a lot. It does cut Sebastian off Like, more than anyone else, maybe? Yeah, probably. Uh But this minute features Scuttle telling Ariel, Sebastian, and Flounder the truth about Vanessa being Ursula. Flounder um, starting to help Ariel swim to the ship. And Sebastian starting to come up with a plan on how to intervene, intervene, fix this problem. Interrupt, stall the wedding. Stall the wedding. That's the only thing, like. That's That's why it has to happen. That's the terminology, right? When it's a wedding, you've got to stall it. Yes. Right? But he doesn't doesn't say stall it until tomorrow, so. Yeah, but. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. (laughs) Keep it tight. (laughs) So, let's talk about the minute. I mean, Rick and Julia, you're the guests, so we'll let you introduce the first topic. (laughs) Oh, Scuttle. This is his minute. (laughs) This is all about Scuttle, and it is my favorite Scuttle scene of the entire movie. He shines. He really comes through. He really comes through, and and it's kind of amazing how much he comes through after, you know, being a dumb bird most of the film. And and here he's like piecing things together. He's like, oh wait, no, this is the sea witch. Which, by the way, I don't think I mentioned this last week. Does he know what the sea witch looks like? Does he know that's what the sea witch looks like? He would not have spent much time in Ursula's cavern 
No, I'd, I'd expect none. no time. Yeah, because he's a seagull. How do, he seems to know an awful lot about what what's going on down below. Just though. yeah, yeah. I, it would have to be and from he, Ariel and Flounder. Plus, Scuttle strikes me as a bit of a gossip hound. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, Ariel and Flounder are not his only friends who come and visit him on his rock thing. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, there's some other he gossipy things. He is very things. social and outgoing. He probably has lots and lots of friends. Yeah, so in in the musical, the Broadway musical of Disney's The Little Mermaid, there's a whole flock of seagulls and like scuttles. And they're kind all of, scuttles. And they're all scuttles. <laughs> and but like scuttles kind of like the leader of that of that troop. Oh. Um but they, they're all saying funny, weird things, calling other things like they call a fourth all the human hopper stuff. and that's their song. All, all human stuff. Human and, stuff. And and it's they're just very funny people and then in the book that i was reading um which is the the twisted tale yeah, the alternate twi- universe uh-huh. there's a whole series of them right there's a bunch of things i saw i saw like a facebook ad for one of the new ones coming out and it was what if something i can't remember they're uh, all they're what so if there, there's books. like there's like the the what there's like the series that has um on the covers it has like on one side it's it's the evil queen from Snow White, and on the other side is the hag, and it's those series. Yeah, but, but this is a those, different series. Yeah, those are like the villain series. Yeah, those are the villain series, but and they also is, have a beast in that one. It's just, this is the twisted tales. This is the twisted tales, and so it's it's like what if, and it's this one's what if Ursula wins, um, and is Vanessa the rest of the time? It's it's very confusing. We have to and keep explaining this to but... our guests. <laughs> our listeners are probably sick of it, but this keeps going. Like all of our guests but, are like, this, I, don't, I don't know what this yeah. is. But the, the guests the guests need to hear it, and the listeners do not. And they've heard it like five times. But anyways, <laughs> in that film, or not that film, that book, um, the one, Part of Your World, A Twisted Tale, it has Scuttle. He's older, because this is like five years in the future, and he's like a grandfather. And he has, I don't remember what his granddaughter's name is, but there's this little seagull who kind of helps Ariel save the day. And she's a smart seagull. But like you can tell that Scuttle still is not that smart, but is always like the person that his granddaughter goes to and tries to like he gossips a lot and he's just a very social, awkward seagull. And yet here in this minute, he's super smart. I so like I really love how he explains himself. I know who I am. I know I get it wrong all the time. But when it's important, yes, I, I love that. The self awareness. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I know I'm always wrong. But I mean, when it's important, okay, you gotta listen to me because this one's important. And so it makes me like it. It one makes me think about like, okay, how many times has it been important? And is he really just like okay with these other things? Like I'm just gonna BS my way through this human stuff nonsense because it's pointless like i don't care but when it's really important i come through like how often does that happen how often have they had interactions with him when it was important does scuttle show up much in the animated series kestra not where i am at no so it's not like we have a lot of stories of it no definitively no because in the animated series um it it takes place like almost all the time underwater and Ariel doesn't really go up to the surface but she's like 14, 15 so I don't think she's like 
discovered the 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 surface quite much yet. Right. There's a couple of times when she goes up to the surface and she does see Eric, except she sees the back him of from him. the back from the back. Scrawny kid Eric. Yes, yeah, scrawny kid. <laughs> Eric. There's, there's an episode, and she she ends up with like a boot of his that falls off the dock. But they show him interacting, I think, with Max. With Max. And he is a skinny kid. Yeah, he's he's super scrawny. So he, he beefs up a lot in two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think, I, like, where I'm at, you I haven't don't seen Scuttle? think I haven't seen Scuttle. Oh. Yeah, so, I think I think I've seen that because there's a rock slide and all of the, the people are backed up behind the rock slide and Ariel shows up and she holds up that boot and she's like, I got his boot. I got, I got the prince's boot, just like in Fury Road. Uh, I was thinking about Scuttle, and when he's been part of important things, it was his idea to set the mood with music in the robo scene. And that was important. So he, he had the right idea. Yeah. yeah. And his execution was great. Point. You know, mm-hmm. but it was his idea, and it was an effective idea. Not one person can't and be good he was, at everything. He, yeah. True. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to sing a romantic song, which is the from Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yes. he was actually singing like Kester explained this to me. I was shocked that it was actually <laughs> supposed to be. And then I she like played some that. music. I was like, oh, it is it's like the romantic what it what is it supposed to be like the like the romantic music cute like da 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 I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know. Kester, can you do it? I'm being a real scuttle here. Um, but it's like it's like the romantic cute that you think of. Like every commercial's used it for when it's romance. Like like I'm sure this has been in a Reese's peanut butter cup commercial or an M and M's commercial. You hear like, it around Valentine's Day. Yeah, a lot. it's like it's the romantic theme. Like, yes. No one looks at a flock of seagulls and thinks romantic music. They think about Iran, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's. That's fairly solid. Like name another I mean, flock live... of seagulls song off the top of your head, unprovoked. Oh, yeah, no, you can't. I, I thought you were talking about like other things to think of when you think of flocks of seagulls, because <laughs> the sta- I, we live in the state of Utah, and it's the state bird. Weirdly, because <laughs> uh, we're not we're, la- we're by the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Utah has some weird choices in state representative materials because the state bird is the California gull <laughs> specifically. And our state tree is the Colorado blue spruce. <laughs> Aren't your state colors also brown and yellow? Probably. Like, um, is, there's some weird choices. Yeah. Well, there's yellow because, like, for the bee, the beehive. Yeah, but that that tracks. I can't remember exactly. It's... But the 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 seagull being the state bird, like, there's a whole mythology for the settlers of utah and bad crops and seagulls saving the day from from crickets and locusts and stuff and so like there's a reason for it so they were there so when, when it was important seagulls, yeah yeah when it's important, <laughs> like scuttle yeah, right through. here <laughs> it's, it is in the nature of seagulls uh, but yeah like so he can't execute his own plan but he can execute someone else's plan so he can only do half of the thing if it's his idea Someone else has to do it. Well, isn't that but classic he can else's Disney? Idea. Like, how often in Disney movies does somebody do something all by themselves? They always have mm-hmm. help of some kind, whether it be yeah. their animal sidekick or their animal sidekick or <laughs> or that other time where it was their animal, animal sidekick. sidekick. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, I'm starting <laughs> to think. Like, I'm thinking about Scuttle in this situation, and now I'm like, 
oh, this is totally Jock and Gus Gus from Cinderella. Like, oh, they yeah. gotta get the key they up the stairs. The key, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, these these two are screw-ups. <laughs> but they're gonna come through you know, when it really counts. It's funny that you would or- mention the mice from Cinderella, because I look at Scuttle and I get major... Um, let's see, which which is the albatross in Rescuers? Is that... Oh, Wilbur. Wilbur. Oh, yeah. Wilbur. Oh, and one of them Wilbur. is yeah, one, and then the other the one is Wilbur. Yeah, we watched Rescuers Down Under the sequel for our hiatus episode, so we we know Wilbur. It's, oh yes, yeah. So it's a, it's a good film. It is. And there's definitely some of that energy. That's a <laughs> um, good point. Or or Max coming to save um, Max Maximus. I'll I'll say says oh in, Max here, Entangled coming to save Flynn Rider from getting his head cut off um <laughs> entangled wasn't he gonna get hanged wasn't it a noose oh maybe he was getting hanged i can't remember. executed executed um, yes yeah so there is definitely a strong history of animal companions but i also feel like in like movies in general there's definitely a history of the bumbler coming through in the end right it's like when it really matters like they they make it happen and i feel like it's a comedic trope and stuff maybe. like they maybe came through accidentally i'm I'm trying to picture but, scenarios where this definitely happened. And I know there are some and, and I don't know exactly what they are, but like somebody coming through unexpectedly. It's like Max, the gyro captain in road warrior. Max goes off in a huff. Oh, I'm going to be all on my lonesome out in the, out in the outback. I have a terrible accent work, but he gets waylaid. And then the gyro captain, who is the comedic aspect of that movie goes and saves max and brings him back from the brink so yeah it yeah. happens all over the place like this is this is a i it's a sub character like trait where it's like okay you screw things up a lot but when it really matters you're gonna do it right yeah like you're gonna do all right kid like <laughs> i'm trying to picture yeah. i'm trying to picture more well, of these no, scenarios, I, I get and i'm getting saying. like flashes of it but i can't like pick out the specific things yeah um, but in this specific moment, you can tell with Ariel looking at, at Scuttle like, what? And then Sebastian tapping his claws. Like, like, like his like fingers, fingers. Like he's drumming his fingers on the display. <laughs> yeah, like, uh. like, what are you saying? Like, this makes no sense. You never make sense. And and yet at this moment, he's he's trying to really save the day here. And he oh. gets another moment um, in tomorrow's minute and the next minute to to actually save the day. I got I, I figured out another scenario for this. Okay. I figured out another example. It's Fezzik getting the white horses at the end of Princess Bride. Mm. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Very much. Like so. You did something good. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. OK. Like I, I placed one of them. And now <laughs> I can move on from it. Um, I do want to talk about it. It's, it's very scuttle centric. This whole minute, they got the bird's eye view flying into the palace. Love getting another angle of the palace. Trying to figure out the architecture on that has been a pain because it's always from the other side. Andrew loves this palace, though. I like all the castles and palaces. <laughs> I just want to get a sense of these things. We have a mug that had that a Disney mug that has a castle from almost all of the princess. It's got films. like six or seven. Of yeah, them. It's, it's really lovely and. Only Andrew really drinks from it. <laughs> because I love I love the castles and the like the locations. The locations are so great. And this the seaside palace location is awesome. Like I agree. This is and- one of my more favorite palaces 
because it's not the classic fairy tale Disney Palace. It's not quite. So yeah. I like that it looks different. And yeah. and they actually they actually have this castle or like a smaller mm-hmm. part of it at at Fantasyland in Walt Disney World. Oh. Um, they they redecorated all of Fantasyland back in 2012, Something. I think. 2011 it opened, 2012. I saw it in 2013 for the first time. It was still called New Fantasyland there, but I think most people just call it Fantasyland now. And yeah, they have like the, the Beast's Castle, and they also have a small Ariel Castle, and like it's, well, not Atlantica, but, but it, Eric's Castle. Yeah, Eric's Castle. castle. And, and it's really lovely and... Um, the way that they've they've just like set up little sections to be different princesses. I just I just love seeing how all the castles are different and like the artists who get the chance to design it. Like that's gotta feel super cool. Now it, like, it, you're the person who like okay you are doing the castle and village space for Tangled. Yeah, like it's got to be a Disney castle thing, but like you have some flexibility and then. I like this one because it is so different. Eric's palace. Yeah. Like I never call it a castle. It's Eric's palace. Yeah. It's definitely not you know? a castle. I would say it's a villa bordering on whatever is larger than a villa. That's probably yeah, even a, probably a, better. Yeah. A, a better term. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, it's so cool. Cause it's different. Yeah. This is not a defensive castle. No, this is a seaside retreat. Mm-hmm. This is his summer palace. Yeah. And there's like, I mean, there's been, a, there's a spot. There's like an alcove where they can actually park a ship right up inside like the corner of the palace and it's like that seems like a weird spot but also the wedding ship departed from pretty close to the palace itself oh well like the dock front is yeah at, it, like that's the front of yeah the palace. yeah it's like the front door yeah, it's-, it's a very fascinating castle and andrew's first for several weeks now has just been trying to just like understand well so how this castle to- is is structured and 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 where like each things are are set set up and like they is, they kind of have it even when you see it from this bird's eye view which is like the best way to mm-hmm. see this this pa- palace from um you can see that they didn't really change much like as you see it from different directions it's they've got it consistent they've got it consistent and this is like recently as we recorded like this show was when i realized that the wedding ship departs from the front of the palace or from you know part of the palace i always previously thought it was somewhere in the village and it's like, nope, it's it's launching from the palace. Yeah. So it's like, I love this palace. Um, uh, as we get from this bird's eye view and yeah. Scuttle flies down, there's a little Mickey Mousing. Um, you hear the instruments go down as Scuttle flies down to Ariel and Sebastian. Always love Mickey Mousing. So gotta gotta point it point out. Point it out every time we can. <laughs> it's gonna point come it up out. a lot this week. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come up quite a bit. That and, and sound effects. There's mm-hmm. there's a difference between Mickey Mousing and sound effects, but we'll get into that couple days um do you guys have anything else in like the the early part of this minute as scuttle lands he's stuttering a lot but oh i just have and has anybody ever heard the phrase watching the mirror because i've i've always imagined you look in a mirror you know Mm-hmm. Oh, but his I've choice never, of words. The like, witch is watching the mirror. I, it feels a little forced to me because I've never heard anybody ever say in my entire life outside of this movie, yeah. they're watching the mirror. I think it was specifically to generate the the witch and watch <laughs> word confusion, at which I have definitely had things where I said something 
And then I used a word that was like weirdly similar to that word, but definitely wasn't the typical word that I would use in that type of situation. It's like he, right? Like if you were getting into it, like he, kno- like he, there's probably a recording of me doing it on a podcast at some point. He knows he screwed up by saying watch instead of which, but then he played it off as if he actually meant to say what watch in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. I think it's a, it's, <laughs> it, 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 but it's his, his like charming verbal confusion. It it reminds me of our first season of Dame with Doc stuttering a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because he was always using words that sounded similar, and mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to remember oh, like exact things. Yeah, that he, he was did saying, do that but... a lot, didn't he? I was thinking of the Gummy Bears TV show. They had a character who did the same thing that I always got very Doc vibes off of him. Yeah. The gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that one's probably High adventure beyond compare. <laughs> and I always felt like they took their, their grandpa character like straight from Doc. They probably did. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it, it may did. have been like intentional homage or it could have been like accidental homage yeah. where it's just like, ah, this is the old guy. He's going to be messing up his words a lot. Yeah. Um. Okay, so moving into we'll call it the the second act of the minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, which is like he delivered his information. And he smacked Sebastian on the deck, um, or on the the dock, the deck of the dock. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like that came up in a previous recording. Um, but he's smashing him on the thing. Is like the sea witch is is doing this, and Ariel's like realization, and then like her switch into determination of going to do something. I really like they do such good visual acting with Ariel because she can't speak. So we don't really have any of her her thought process. She has to show with her face and her actions. I'm going to do something about this. And I think determined face Ariel really good. I think the the animation of her jumping into the water. Very good. It really loses some traction when she realizes that she cannot <laughs> swim on her own to catch up to the boat. Because it's like this determination is looking really good. And then Sebastian's like. This is not going to work. Flounder's <laughs> going to have to swim her over. Okay. Flounder is a small fish. Yes. Uh, but with Ariel, what is her plan exactly? Is she planning? So is she planning on just being like, I'm going to go rescue Eric? Mm-hmm. Or is she just like, okay, I have to do something. I have to like try I mean, and sometimes your plan, the sea witch. Sometimes or, your plan is based on the fact it's like, well, I can't do anything if I'm right here. But if I'm over there, then maybe I can figure something out. It's kind of, I think, I think that's the Indiana Jones planning approach. And not realizing that you can't swim. Fine. I get that. But how does she know how to dive off? Oh my gosh. That was my question. (laughs) I thought of the same thing. It's a beautiful dive. How does she know how to do that? She's that's a mermaid. A, she doesn't have to die. Yeah, she's like, never she's dove before. She's, she's like propelled herself similarly. We've talked about this before where she, she seemed to have leg bones fundamentally um, in her fishtail. She, she bent as though she had a waist and knees. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she may have propelled herself from a dry surface into a diving, but like, it's still like it's a really good, beautifully animated dive. Like the motion is fluid and awesome. I was like, okay, yeah, that doesn't make sense. She almost certainly wouldn't be able to do that because you could like have a diver do it five times and they'd probably get it that good like four out of the five times. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm a good swimmer and I can't dive. 
Yeah. So I, I just it's... never learned that skill. But it feels natural for her. Like you think about it, and you're like, oh yeah, of course. Like she's a mermaid. Yeah. She's just going to dive in the okay. water. It's going to be great. And like, I buy that, but you guys are totally right. There's no good reason why she should be able to dive effectively. Yeah. <laughs> Although my, my bigger question is why she can't swim. My, okay. It bothers me. But it also makes sense to me because on the one hand, she is a mermaid. A mermaid who can't swim is useless. Um, But on the other hand, she spent her whole life using a muscle memory that is based around a single tail like Mm -hmm. physical structure. And now she gets into this situation where she's got these two skinny little legs like her her muscle memory is all thrown off. So she doesn't realize how to use them with both your legs doing the same thing. Yeah, but. Like, but so the main thing, I think, I think the main thing is primarily when we see the mermaids swimming, it is all tail. They never use their arms very much for the swimming, which is interesting because we've talked previously in the movie and, and we'll talk later this week about significant upper body strength that mermaids seem to have. Um, But like, they don't swim with their arms. Whereas Mm -hmm. humans, when we swim underwater, it's a combination of arm and leg, like, motion you've got to do it together and the mermaids have really just moved their tails and kept their face forward with their arms going behind them plus you've got so much surface area with their rear fin compared to feet mm -hmm. like yeah that's that's two different and you can and you can tell when she gets turned into a mermaid and flounder and and not scuttle sebastian have to help her get to the surface um you can tell that she doesn't know how to swim there but like you don't know if that's because she doesn't know how to swim with legs or if that's mm-hmm. because she just suffered a traumatic event being turned from a mermaid into a human yeah so like her swimming would definitely be diminished and so maybe she overestimates i mean this is also like the first time she's jumped in the water like i'm gonna go swim yeah and not just i gotta get to the surface to survive yeah. she's all so- courageous in this moment and then she jumps in the water and she's like i immediately regret this decision <laughs> I mean, but she could like stay up that like she can do a little bit. She just like, oh, if I was a mermaid, I could get to that boat real fast. Yeah, she'd be over there. And then she's like, oh, I'm in the water. Also, I'm wearing a dress. This is not convenient. Also, that dress doesn't seem like it's actually wet once it's in the water. Well, yeah, Yeah. that's a good point. Or when she gets out of the water later. Yeah, her dress never gets wet. Like her hair. (laughs) That's wet either. Yeah, always. That's that's valid. It's dry. Um, I've told the story on other podcasts. Have you guys ever swam in a significant amount of clothing? Yes. It's really I know hard. Story. It's yeah, really, like, really it's hard. really inconvenient and hard. Because mm-hmm. I used to, I, I was on swim team growing up and every Halloween, we're recording this close to Halloween. Hey, um, this is, it is not going to be close to Halloween when It's probably going to be the new year. <laughs> um, but every Halloween for swim practice, it was called the thousand yard strip and you would wear 10 layers of clothing, like whatever you wanted. And you could wear like whatever costume and everything. And you would swim a hundred yards and then you take off a layer. And once you were done with your thousand yards, then you're done. So you just do 10 laps or I mean, whatever the lap is, it was probably like a 50 yards. So you have to go back and forth, however much. Um, but yeah, so that was the thing. And so I have, years of doing that with layers of clothing in the pool and that sounds awful it's like (laughs) it's probably a really dumb scenario 
but we did it every year and everyone was fine. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like a fun gag, but also like, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. yeah. It takes a long time to get through that first one when you've got like all your layers on and you just jump in and then everything just soaks. It's so heavy. And it's so heavy. I've mm-hmm. swam in jeans and that's the most horrible thing that I would like to ever have to do. Oh, when I was at Boy Scout camp, I actually learned how when you're swimming to take off to your turn, jeans, tie off the legs and, and turn, them into, turn a, them into a flotation a device. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> um, I've never swam in a dress. Really? That was never one of my layers, ever, but I'm sure that it was I for some swam. people. I went on a, a with our, our church. Um, sometimes the youth used to, I don't think they do it anymore. Church camp activities. You do church acti- camp activities. And we would do like a, a trek where we would dress as pioneers and kind of do like a, a three day trek with, with hand carts and stuff. And uh, there it's, was, it's, it's a weird tradition. Yes, it is a weird tradition. And I think it's starting to I hope it's going go away. away. Um, I never did it. We we did it. <laughs> I grew up on the East Coast, so Which is which is weird because I'm actually I lived in, in Utah, Utah, like in the pioneer Anyways, territory, and she was doing it. I made we made costumes for this and I had like three skirts. Both they were all reversible. I think it was just two skirts and they were reversible. And we were going through a, a little lake or river or creek or something and um and the bottom of my skirt got got wet and it was heavy it was just the bottom of the skirt and it was heavy it was really heavy so i don't know how ariel is really we don't know what textile that she's <laughs> dealing with like it could be something that's very no. synthetic yeah. and therefore non-absorbent it, like is this a nylon but she's also dress? wearing something that looks like it could no, be it would be natural fibers like, it, uh-huh. don't have it has fibers. it has it could have boning in it which oh. would make it oh definitely harder to move yeah she's definitely oh, wearing a corset oh if she had had one of those hoop skirts and she had jumped in feet first she could have trapped enough air up up under that dress to like <laughs> have a <laughs> Yeah, like um, a diving bell. Yeah, <laughs> which would not have helped the swimming, probably. No, no. It did. So it makes sense that she does need the assistance, and so maybe it was just really poorly thought out. But it looks great. Yes. Um, and Flounder is a wonderful friend, even though like, he's okay, so tiny. He's just like, okay, we'll do it. I'll do my best. Like that's that's Flounder. When it matters most, he he's going to do his best. Yeah. Um. And and we appreciate that. Sebastian's really pulling this team together, though. Like, he is the yes. only one keeping it together, which is shocking considering the head trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, no, I know what to do. Okay, barrels, those will float. And Flounder, you got to get her over there. I'm going to go do my thing. And Scuttle, you stall the wedding. Like, he pulls it together in an instant. Yeah, and, and he's like, okay, I got to go tell the Sea King now. This is... This mm-hmm. is serious, and now we need to get him involved. It is yeah. so lucky well, that those barrels were not full of rocks or something. To that shouldn't effect. they have been full of something? I mean, why were just empty barrels sitting I on the floor? So, I'll talk about this tomorrow. Okay, okay. I have, I have, I have something to say about okay. it. Tomorrow. I'm guessing that there's just <laughs> barrels stashed near the ship for supplying the party. Um, it, or they could be like full of fish or something. According but according to something else, it they're not. But it's the kingdom's that's, that's... supply of ping pong balls. 
No, that's not it either. Um, but like, even if a barrel is full of liquid, as long as that liquid is roughly comparable to water, they should still float yeah, pretty it's effectively. Not liquid. It's not full of liquid? What no. is it full of? <laughs> I, I will talk about it tomorrow. Okay. It's a mystery. It, are they labeled or something? No. Um, but like, the only things I can picture being loaded into barrels is liquid or like fish or like pickles, but that's because it's in liquid. I guess apples. Apples get stored in barrels. I nope. think like in in ye think- olden times, like everything got stored in barrels. Yeah. So so I'll give you a hint. Okay. Think about Eric's ship before it exploded. We saw a lot oh. of different are, are barrels. These barrels are full of fireworks. <laughs> not that fireworks. Just gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> so, those are big kegs of gunpowder. They don't make the kegs of gunpowder that Why big. Why would you That's store so that right next to the pleasure palace? That seems like the worst <laughs> idea. Ca- oh my gosh! For the fireworks. Now, now this is based off of palace. a deleted scene. Oh, okay. so so like it's possible that they're actually not, but like this is based off of a deleted scene that involves the barrels. So, so we'll not, talk about that tomorrow. And now I'm not actually sure that the barrels would float. I don't know how heavy <laughs> gunpowder is, and if it starts to soak, yeah, I do feel like that might well actually not float. Barrels? Oh yeah, they're watertight. Barrels are classic. They should be watertight. <laughs> like that's one of their key elements. Although I do get the feeling from this. Oh no! Never mind. Never mind. I thought maybe they were open at the top, but we do get a oh, close no. enough look. We can see yeah. some lines, some vertical lines that show that it is uh, mm-hmm. planks at the top, as opposed to being open. As a kid, uh, yeah, I-, I was the perfect age for this movie when it first came out. I was nine. I was not nine. That's that's just about well, right. Andrew and I weren't born yet. What year did this come out? 89. 89. I was eight. I was perfect. This movie was made for me. That's ideal. So I saw this in the theater. We got it as soon as it came out on video. I've seen it dozens of times as a kid. I always thought the barrels were open at the top. Until just now. Hmm. I'd say she could have hopped into it at that point. That's right. That's what I was thinking. And then the dress doesn't have to be dragging and everything. And then she could could be writing in it. and, And also like... Helping with her arms a little bit. Yeah. Something that Um, I have always thought since first seeing this movie, when she dives into the water and they start getting themselves situated with the barrels and the flounder and all this stuff, the water looks like wine. (laughs) Yeah. Just the shade of it. Yeah. It's like that sunset sunset weirdness of water. Sunset light Mm -hmm. does weird things, especially to water. And I always thought, even as a kid, that I didn't even know what wine was. I thought it looked like, but this is what it looks. But this like. is what it looks like. It's an ocean full of wine. <laughs> um, I that that totally matches the color. Yeah, that's really true. Um, I, it is worth noting. Um, crab pincers usually for pinching, not so much for cutting rope. So they just decide that Sebastian's pincers are like scissors. For this one. It, and it's just like scissor noise, too. It is. It's just like snap. It's a very satisfying noise and moment. And yes. so and then somehow the rope is tied perfectly for Slander to yes. pop into. There's a lot of Disney magic happening yes. in this yeah. moment. Yeah. A lot. Yep. But it's great. Like, it's high energy. It, it The energy is just right to switch from all the, like, sadness and despair that you just had. And then, like, the big reveal. I think it's kind of masterful, masterfully done to switch the energy into like okay we're like making stuff happen now yeah yeah as far as 
Disney climaxes go, this is a really, really great one. Mm hmm. Mm. I also um, the only other thing that I need to point out is so Ariel's back in the outfit she wore in the village. It's her village clothes. But in the village, she had her hair tied up with like a massive bow. And now she doesn't. And I think it's a nice like it's nice to have a slightly different look in the same outfit. And, like have her hair be a little bit different. I just think it's really strong aerial animation all throughout this finale. And some of her village stuff was a little bit off. It, yeah, um, it was a little off. Like the animation doesn't look quite right. And her eyes look really big. Yeah. Um, and this is like back to like good stuff. Her hair's a little bit toned down. And so I wonder if it is her typical hair animator. Maybe. Because it does seem like less poofy, but also like that's not the focus. This is about action. So her hair is more low key. It's just really well animated. I think this is like primo aerial animation. We get we get finicky about those things. <laughs> yes. Um, do you guys have anything else that you need to bring up for this minute? Nope, I'm good. In that case, that's all we have for you today, listeners. We are part of Dueling Genre, and you can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. There, you will also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all the Dueling Genre productions. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or Damsels Group. And our guests can be found at MadMaxMinute.com, as well as social media resources like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching for MadMaxMinute. Great. We also want to thank Scott Tofty for our theme music and Nick English for the the artwork yeah artwork i was trying to think if there was another thing that we say before the word artwork but he's the one who did the artwork for our show so we're grateful to to scott and nick for the services they've provided to us oh it was cover art oh cover art that's the term (laughs) uh until next time listeners thank you for making us part of your world